Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. This is a little bit different in preparing to share with you today because I'm zeroing in on, on something that is our focus for the next 10 days. And um, we're talking about the 10 days of awe, A-W-E, 10 days of awe. And we look at this and we say, well, what in the world does that mean to us? What does that mean to me as a Christian? It's a little bit different because we're talking a little bit about the Jewish feast that you find in the Old Testament. What do these Old Testament Jewish feasts and celebrations have to do with us? After all, we don't live in the Old Testament. We live in the New Testament, the New Covenant. Absolutely right. But we found in study that, the, that actually the Old Testament is the... Uh, is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And things are written in the Old Testament for symbols to represent certain things. So many things in the scriptures that God has designed feasts uh, or celebration times. Uh, he's designed uh, all uh, kind of, a, of events and celebrations and sacrifices, all these you read about in the Old Testament, particularly in the first five books of the Bible. And there are truths in that, there are things in that that actually point to the new covenant and to Christ and to what God has done for us. So there is value in studying the Old Testament. There's value in learning. Well, what I see what that says in the Old Testament, but what does that mean for me now? That's a little bit of what we're going to dive into today. Uh, as we do this, we're going to learn some things that really we're going to see it just points to Jesus. Who he is and what he's done for us. Now, there are seven primary Jewish feasts. Seven feasts. And let's just kind of uh, do a, uh, just a fast summary of that. There are feast days that uh, are in the springtime. And the first feast day in the springtime is the Feast of Passover. And we know that goes back to the time when uh, Israel was delivered from Egypt and uh, the angel of death came by, if you will, and the instruction was given to the Israelites, place blood on the door facings, on, on, around your door entrance there. And when the death angel sees the blood, it will pass over. In other words, your family will be saved. Your family will be delivered. So the day of Passover actually is Israel celebrating God's deliverance, God's freedom. Uh, we usually, of course, that's in the springtime, right around Easter or Resurrection Day so that we have in the New Covenant. So Passover. Passover, in this we see that Jesus is our lamb of sacrifice. It's by his blood of Jesus. So when you look at the Passover, it points to now that we have Jesus as our Passover lamb. Then there's a feast of unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. Unleavened is, was a symbol of not being uh, or being without sin. And so the feast of unleavened bread, Jesus is the bread of life and he is without sin. There's a feast of first fruits. And first fruits... Uh, 
is Jesus is our first fruits of the resurrection. Jesus is our first fruits. Because he's raised from the dead, there's more fruit coming. That's me and you. There, there are other resurrections coming. But he's the first fruits of the resurrection. Then the last feast that takes place during this season or time of the year is Pentecost. It means 50, or 50 weeks. And it represented a spring harvest for the Israelites. And the church was born, if you will, on the day of Pentecost. It represents the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and harvest time, spiritual harvest. And then there's a little period of time there and move to the fall feast in the autumn, the fall feast. And the first one of those is the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets. That, we believe, is a prophetic teaching concerning the second coming of Christ, that the trumpets actually point toward the rapture of the church when the last trump shall sound. There finally is the Feast of Atonement, which was the high holy day, the greatest day uh, where, they, where they sacrificed the lamb without spot or blemish. The sacrifice was made for all the people, the Day of Atonement. And that represents for us now Jesus' return when there will be a remnant of Jews that behold him as the Messiah, as the Savior. Then, uh, actually there is another one after that, and that's the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, that helps uh, for the Jewish uh, people, the Feast of Tabernacles goes back to the time when they traveled, uh, when they were traveling on their journey uh, through the uh, desert, through the, on their journey between uh, Egypt and the Promised Land. And as they were journeying or sojourning, journeying in that, as they were journeying, they had temporary living quarters. They built temporary huts or tents. And so tabernacles represents that to the Israelites. They go back even today. The Israelites will practice that sometimes by going out and constructing some type of, 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 of a tent or small dwelling place, and they'll go out and spend some time uh, there uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles. Interesting that when the Bible talks about Jesus and that he came and dwelt among us when he was born and came to be our Savior when God was made flesh and he dwelt among us. The word dwelt in Greek is the word tabernacled. Jesus came and tabernacled here with us. But the Feast of the Tabernacles points to something beyond now. That Jesus is coming again to the earth to reign for a thousand years on earth. We call it the millennial kingdom. And that's when he is coming to tabernacle his kingdom here on earth. So you can see the significance of learning about these feasts and what they can teach us today uh, as believers, as Christians. Now, the first of the fall feasts is known as the Feast of Trumpets. Or we could say Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah is, is um, actually Rosh Hashanah is the civil new year, the Jewish civil new year. Now their religious new year is Passover. But their official civil new year is Rosh Hashanah. And this takes place in the month of Tishri in the Jewish calendar, which is our September. 
And Rosh Hashanah, uh, Rosh Hashanah is, um, the word literally means head of the year. And so just like the head controls the body, they, this is something that, that many of them believe, that just like the head controls the body, so our actions, so their actions on this particular day, this particular time, will have a tremendous impact on them in the future, particularly this next year. So this is celebrated on the Jewish calendar in September, known as the first of Tishrei, the Rosh Hashanah, which is also the Feast of Trumpets. And this is, in the Jewish calendar, this is year 5778, not 2018. And their calendar is dated back to, Rosh Hashanah is dated back to, in their belief, dates back to, uh, to uh, creation. That the reason they celebrate this at this time is this marks a time when God created man. And their calendar began to be numbered from that time. Now, Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets, or you could call it the Day of Shofar Blowing, or the Day of Teruah, T-E-R-U-A-H, uh, which literally means shout or trumpet sound. And we read about that in Numbers 29, and also uh, look with me at Leviticus chapter 23, verse 24, and there are other references in the Old Testament. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, that's Tishri, that's our September, on the first day of the month, and actually they began to practice it uh, on the first, and it could be the first or second day. Why? Because God's calendar is built around His creation, around new moons. And these feasts were celebrated at new moons. And so the priest had to come and report that they had seen the new moon and then the Feast of Trumpets would begin. Well, if it was cloudy or there were other situations, they might miss the new moon. So they said, we'll just add a day to this to make sure uh, that it's visible. So the, he says, speak to the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing the trumpets, a holy convocation or assembly. He says, you'll sound the trumpet or the shofar, S-H-O-F-A-R, shofar. They would use the shofar for various things. And the shofar basically is simply, means, uh, it's simply a ram's horn. And this is a shofar. Many of them are longer and larger than this, but this is a shofar termed as a, a ram's horn. Now, the Jewish people would use the ram's horn and they would also use what's called silver trumpets. Silver trumpets were used specifically by the priest uh, in, uh, in great times of celebration and feast days. Uh, but the shofar, uh, for, the, for the Israelites, the shofar to them represented when Isaac was taken by Abraham up to the mountaintop and Abraham was offering Isaac as a sacrifice, and they saw a lamb, if you will, caught in the brush, and that lamb became the sacrifice in place of Isaac. And so the lamb or the goat, if you will, the ram's horn, the ram was, in the, was caught there in the briars or thicket, and, and instead of Isaac dying, the ram died in his place. What a picture of 
salvation, someone dying in your place. And it goes back to the ram's horn that was used in celebrations for Israel. Now, when we, uh, the, ram's, the ram's horn itself, which by the way is not very easy to blow. I mean, some of us that are, some of us have really tried it over the years. It's pretty tough. I mean, if you want to come up and try it afterwards, that's fine. But, but going to do that. But pretty much about the only one in our family that can blow it is Shepherd. And I, you know, <laughs> Shepherd. And, uh, but there's really a talent and a gift to blowing the shofar because there's different signals that it gives. There's, there's long sequences and there are short sequences and there are staccato sequences and they all have significance. And the Jewish people came to understand it. They knew what it meant. So the sound of the shofar, uh, listen to this. The sound of the shofar was blown during, the, they blew that trumpet when they crowned the king. When they crowned the king. They blew the trumpet as a call to repentance, to turn to God. They would blow the trumpet or shofar to call the people together to assemble. They used a shofar to call the people, to call them to arms, to call them to prepare for battle, to be alert. And this is a great one here. They also used a shofar to, to, uh, to express to the people that here we're beginning on a new journey. It was blown at the outset of new direction. Now, you can take each one of these and you can just preach all over them. I mean, every one of them can have great significance for us. The shofar, the sound of the trumpet, Jesus our King. The call of God to repent and turn away from our sins unto Him. The call of God to gather together and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as believers. To call to arms that we are in warfare with the enemy, Satan, and we're to be sober and alert and diligent. And then really one of the areas that the Lord really spoke to me uh, in, in this past week was the fact that this represented to the people, uh, for many of them, a change of direction or the beginning of a new journey. And as I prayed over this and looked at it, I said, you know, I believe there's significance in these things for every person in this congregation. And you don't have to necessarily hear the sounding of the shofar. I'm just saying that as we celebrate the next 10 days together, I believe for many of you it's going to be a time of real soul searching and dealing with things in your heart and a fresh surrender to Him. And I believe for many of you it's going to be a time of, of dedicating yourself to the Lordship of Christ to be your King. And I believe for many of you, it's going to encourage you that you are a part of the church that gathers together to advance the kingdom of God. And I believe for many of you, you're going to be encouraged that the weapons of, of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty, mighty unto God, that God has equipped you and that you can overcome the enemy in this life. And then for some of you, God is going to use these 10 days to give you clarity about your life, about your vision, and about your future. I, I believe this. I don't say things like this lightly. But as I looked, I prayed over this, I, I, heard, I heard down deep inside, 
I will speak to my people through this. I will speak to you about decisions to be made in your life. As you seek me and you turn to me, I'll show you as you you spend this time before me, I'll begin to open up the doors for you. I'll begin to show you whether to turn to the right or to the left. I'll begin to bring breakthrough in your life. And look, I believe every one of you, if that's something you need in your life, I believe you can claim that by faith in the name of Jesus. You don't have to wait 10 days for it. I understand that. But I think there's seasons of times where as we approach God, He just does amazing things, special things. That's why we call it awe or awesome things. Now, the 10 days of awe is, is, is considered uh, high and holy days among the Israelites. The entire 10 days are referred to as Yamim Noraim. And the Yamim Noraim is just simply is talking about 10 days of repentance. Now, the Jewish days began at sundown and go to sundown. And the days of awe, and by the way, awesome means magnificent, inspiring, breathtaking, amazing. And I'm looking for some of that in my life, and I'm looking for some of that especially in some specific ways this next 10 days. We use these next 10 days as we focus on this together as days of repentance, as days to reflect on our lives, where we are, our priorities, things that God wants to do in our lives, as a time to return to our first love that once we were really, we call it on fire for the Lord or we were excited about our faith and we were involved in, in, uh, in what he wanted us to do and and life kind of got in the way and we were distracted and preoccupied and we allowed things to clutter up our life or to hinder us and the Lord is calling us to return to him, to Jesus as our first love. Jesus is our first love. And it's a time of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. We were separated by sin But through the sacrifice of Jesus, we've been reconciled or brought back into right relationship with God. This is a time not only to give God glory for that resurrection, for for that reconciliation we have through Christ, but it's a time to search your hearts and a time to consider, is there someone that you've wronged? Is there there someone that you're in strife with? Is there someone where you're, you're holding back forgiveness, there's unforgiveness in your heart or resentment or bitterness. Any of these things that are going on in your life right now, I, I consider this next 10 days as a time to really seek the Lord about it and do everything that you can do to be reconciled to them. It's a time for forgiveness and reconciliation. The days of all also were a time of restoration, that what you had lost was restored to you. It was also a time where people were called to get ready for what was ahead. I'm saying get ready for what's ahead. Let me tell you, I'm zeroing in right now on what God's doing in America, what God is doing in this body of believers and in many other churches, and what God is probably doing in your own life that he's telling you to get ready, get ready, get ready ready. The days ahead will be like none you've ever seen before or experienced before. 
Times are changing. Things are changing. The world in many ways and our civilization is shaking. And yet we're a part of a kingdom that's unshakable. So I want to encourage you now to use as a time to get ready in your faith. Be ready to be in your faith and don't lose out to fear. Be ready to launch out when God calls you and not to hold back. Be ready to step out when God gives you an opportunity to serve. Be ready to speak out when you have an opportunity to stand and declare. Be ready. Be ready. When you look at the feast, these seven feasts, and you come up to the Feast of Pentecost, you know, you had Passover, and uh, you had unleavened bread, and you had first fruits of resurrection of Jesus. Then you had Pentecost that followed, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the day of Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, marks the beginning of the church age. And the day of trumpets marks the coming of Jesus Christ. You and I as believers, as a part of the church, we are living between Israel's fourth and fifth feast. We're living right now in that period between Pentecost and Jesus' return. The feast of the trumpets. It's a prophetic representation of the last trumpet. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. The Bible says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. New Living Translation says, and those who died will be raised to live forever and we who are living will also be transformed. Next thing on God's calendar. That is the next thing on God's feast calendar. They have trumpets. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 17 the Bible says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout to Ruach with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. The feasts are appointed times and seasons. They are appointed times and seasons that represent the message of God's plan for redemption, for his return, and for total restoration. It's built around the seasons of the year, the first moons. It's built around his creation according to Psalm 19. In his creation, we see his glory. You know, when you mention constellation, most people think of horoscope. But you understand, horoscope is, a, is an instrument of the enemy, of Satan, and it's a perversion of what was God's creation and purpose. There are biblical meanings for constellations in the sky. 
different designs and of the stars. There are different biblical, there are things that they represent as far as God and as far as his work, as far as his, uh, his, his plan. And that's an entire another area we could look at that's quite amazing. But I, I found it rather interesting that just this past week I came across an article that came up that said that, and that there's, a, there's, a comment, there's a comment headed in our direction. You hear this from time to time. There is, there's a comment that's headed in the direction of the earth. Now, this comment has been given a name that's about that long. And I will not accomplish, I will not attempt to say it. But it's referred to as P21. And I can say that. And it has been determined that this comet will fly over the constellation Taurus, which means bull, which talks about power and the return of power. It will pass over. And by the way, the constellation Taurus is the symbol for the Feast of Trumpets. We could call that the constellation for the Feast of Trumpets. And this comet will pass over that as it comes, at least in close proximity to the earth. And here's something interesting. I'm not, I'm not trying to get something out there for people to go running saying, because we really don't know when the Lord is returning. We really don't know. The day or the hour, we're getting a pretty good idea that it won't be all that long. But this will happen. This flyover of this constellation will happen in September 2121. 21. And, you know, does that have significance for us? Uh, people say, well, if it's 2121, there's no mean getting ready to live for the Lord because, I mean, you know, I'm not going to be around here then, whatever. And... Uh, Oh, but wait. But wait. It's not flying over on 2121. It's flying over 2021. 20, oh, well, that's, that's something very different that this is happening. To, are you saying, Pastor, that Jesus, the rapture of the church, or Jesus' return could happen in September of 2021? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's very interesting. Very interesting. But people and scholars have long believed that September, the Feast of the Trumpets, will actually be the time of year when the Lord does come. The rapture of the church. I don't know. I'm just saying we need to be ready. And we need to be advancing his kingdom and reaching people for Christ between now and then. It's a lot closer than it used to be. The Feast of Trumpets, the sound of the Shorah, the shout of God. Rosh Hashanah, the first, a time when God is changing things in your life. A call to repentance, a call to look in your heart. A call to stand in awe of the greatness of God and to celebrate Him. I believe this is the word that the Lord has really directed us to 
for these next 10 days. It starts today with Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is September the 9th this year, by the way. And then tomorrow begins the 10 days, which actually would be sundown this evening to sundown tomorrow. And then the 10 days go through until a week from this coming Wednesday, which is Wednesday, September the 19th. And on that day, we're going to call together the, the Old Testament uses the term convocation. We're going to call together the people of God here together in this place to worship for communion and celebration and expecting a real outpouring of His Spirit in this place. Would you join? Would you join as a body of believers with this? Will you join us in this, all of us together? I believe that God's going to take this time and use it dramatically in your life. Not because there's something necessarily magic about those 10 days, but because you've made up your mind that you are going to seek Him and hear Him and follow Him. It all starts with Passover or Jesus Christ giving His life for you. That's where you start. If you've never come to Christ as your Savior, that's where it starts. Give your heart to Him. Surrender your life to Him. And then watch your life unfold in a way that will be absolutely awesome in the name of Jesus.